Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hey friends, thanks for joining me again today. Today we're going to have a discussion of the difference between coaching and mentoring and how to choose which you need for what type of situation. Since I work in academic medicine, and since many of you do as well, I'm going to assume that everyone's pretty familiar with the concept of mentoring. All of us have learned from past mentors, sometimes in good ways and sometimes in bad ways, but always learning. Most of us have probably done a lot of mentoring ourselves over the years. We might do career mentoring, research mentoring, leadership mentoring, you name it. We mentor students who want to go into our specialty, residents or fellows within our specialty as they are training, junior colleagues as they're getting their feet wet in practice. And it's not uncommon for a former trainee or colleague to reach out to an old mentor from time to time and ask for some advice. Those mentoring relationships can span years or decades. Some of us may even have engaged in reverse mentoring. I'm Gen X. So I know that if I want to be effective reaching millennial or Gen Z learners, I might need some reverse mentoring from a younger colleague on how to let go of some of my crusty old school ways and learn some new skills. I've had reverse mentoring for surgical techniques too. A particular surgical technique that's ubiquitous now wasn't yet in vogue back in the dark ages when I trained. So if I want to get good at that, I work with some junior colleagues to build up those skills. Anyway, you get the idea. I'm not going to spend any time going over definitions or things like that, because I know this isn't new for any of you. Some of you probably give lectures on mentoring. So the mentoring role, we all get it. But what about coaching? I think I've mentioned on the podcast, and I know I've written about it on my website, I used to have the completely wrong idea about what a life coach is. I think it's mostly because it's used as a joke profession a lot on TV shows and things. Like, think... Alexis Rose introducing herself as David's sister and life coach. When you hear it on TV, the implication is definitely that a life coach is someone that if you are totally clueless and helpless, you hire to tell you what to do. Someone who gives you advice on how you should live your life. That is 100% what I thought a life coach was until I was actually introduced to coaching. I definitely thought that people who needed or hired life coaches must be like super wishy-washy and not able to make any decisions for themselves, the type of person who's completely dependent on others to function in society. I pictured the life coach basically bossing them around, but at their own request. And I definitely thought that a life coach was an unskilled profession. Someone would just give themselves a title and start charging people money. Well, and of course, now that I think of it, it's a fairly safe bet that sometimes that does happen. But anyway, I was thinking that basically someone would think, hey, I know how people should live their lives and I'm good at telling people what to do, so I'll be a life coach. And the funny thing is that it's almost exactly the opposite of what a coach really does. At this point, I've coached a good number of former trainees and they're generally pretty surprised and at least a little taken aback during the first session when they present me with a problem they're having, fully expect me to give them advice on what they should do or how they should handle it, because that's the approach they're used to, the approach of the mentor. Instead, when I'm coaching, I pretty much never tell people what to do. One of the basic tenets of coaching is that no one can possibly know what's best for you except you. You're the best person to make the best decisions about everything in your life. We just help you figure out how you're blocking your own creativity or 
how you're thinking there's a problem when there really isn't, or otherwise standing in your own way. The process is very different, and it can take a little adjusting of expectations at first. Along those lines, one of the side effects of having experienced being coach, and especially after getting trained as a coach, is that you realize that you almost never need advice for the big things in your life. I have to tell you, I have mixed feelings about that at times. But truly, you learn to recognize that no one else can possibly know what's best for you, and yes, you do absolutely have the power and skill to figure it out yourself. And then you also start realizing sometimes when we have an urge to ask for advice about a big life thing, it might be because our brains are engaging in some sneaky avoidance techniques. Sometimes you know perfectly well what you want to do, but your conscience or moral compass is telling you otherwise. And you know that if you ask your friends or colleagues or whoever, they'll most likely to tell you that it's fine to do that easy thing that you want to do. And then you'll be able to stuff down the conscience voice and tell it, see, everyone else would do this. You want to be able to justify it for yourself. And then if some consequence that you're obviously secretly worried about ends up happening, then you also get to offload some of the blame onto other people. Well, it's not my fault. I asked so-and-so, and they would have done the same thing. You might even be fairly worried that the bad consequence is going to happen, all the more reason to spread that blame around. But the bottom line is, of course, that no one else is at all responsible for the choices we make or the actions we take. And the quality of a decision has nothing to do with the outcome and everything to do with the amount of honest consideration that went into making it. So we do still get the urge to ask for advice sometimes, but generally it's quickly followed by a realization that it's not going to be helpful and it's not necessary. And while sometimes that might feel a little deflating, like, ugh, I have to figure everything out for myself, it's really much more empowering. It's more like, I can always figure everything out myself. I don't need anyone's advice. So here's a somewhat long example of how this plays out, but I like it because I think it's a good demonstration of this principle. We traveled out of state over the holidays this winter to visit family. All of the people getting together had received the maximum number of COVID vaccine doses recommended to them at the time. Everyone had a rapid test that was negative just before we congregated, and everyone was symptom-free. We had almost no time at all in public places, and when it did happen, everyone in our group was masked the entire time. We had no eating out, no getting together with anyone outside the family. Honestly, it was pretty much as cautious a gathering as was possible. But, of course, since Omicron was surging, COVID hit us anyway. A few days into the trip, my daughter and my nephew got it. We figured it out pretty quickly, and we were quick enough to isolate the sick kids from the rest of the family. But then the question was, what do we do with our sick kid? We were leaving in two days. I could take her to the hotel with me and quarantine with her, but sleeping in a hotel room with someone who has COVID is pretty much a guarantee that you're going to get it too. Even if you're fully vaccinated, even if you sleep in a mask, I mean, it's just going to happen. And at that moment in time, the guidance was to isolate for seven days and then remain masked in the presence of others for at least three more days. And my own workplace still had a 10-day quarantine rule if you got it. So I figured within a few days of us being in a hotel room together, She'd be on the mend, but I'd just be getting sick. So altogether, we'd probably be stuck there for close to two weeks. And aside from wanting to climb the walls with boredom or wanting to strangle each other from a bit too much togetherness 
and the bazillion dollars it would cost to stay in a hotel room for two weeks. There was the absence from work, calls to get covered, clinics to cancel. As much as I wanted to be there for her when she was feeling so lousy, for all the reasons, it just wasn't a good option. My second option was to leave her there. She could stay at my sister's house and not be alone in quarantining since my nephew had it too. And she was 15 at the time, so it's not like a little kid. I knew she'd be well cared for, and I knew it wasn't more than a minor imposition to my sister. But, oh, the thought of leaving your sick kid halfway across the country, going home without her. Oh, God, it just, it felt so heartless. But she would be safe, and I wouldn't be creating havoc at work, and I could fly back and get her when she was safe to travel. And the last option, I'm going to be completely honest that this did cross my mind, if only for a minute, was I could put an N95 on her and put her on the plane with us. Yes, I knew it was wrong, and I would never be able to forgive myself if someone got sick because of it. Honestly, I probably would have carried guilt around with me for years if we had done that, because, of course, you would never really know if a stranger on a plane got sick from you. So I would probably just assume that someone did, and then perseverate about it. And there's no way I could have lived with that guilt. But anyway, in this moment of making a rough decision and weighing my options and not liking any of them, I did ask some people for advice. I asked some friends and some family. And as I'm sure you can guess, I got very emphatic and decided opinions, and they were from all camps. But I really didn't need any of it. I already knew what I wanted to do. If I really examined it, the only reason I was asking people for advice was because it felt so heavy that I thought I needed someone to share the burden, even though I knew that no one else can share the burden of my decisions. So I got everyone's advice and then I ignored all of it because none of it mattered. I already had all the data I needed to make the decision myself. I already knew what things I can and can't live with. What other people think is simply irrelevant because they're not me. And no, in case it wasn't obvious, I did not put her on the plane. But I can tell you, just having that thought cross my mind was a really good lesson for me. As a coach, I know that I shouldn't judge any thought I have because my thoughts don't define me. But sometimes we slide into those old habits of self-judgment anyway. But this one time, along with a hearty dose of self-judgment, I also got a whole lot of understanding for why sometimes people make decisions that seem so obviously wrong to us. Sometimes, someone who just feels so desperate, and if they don't have the right background information and they don't have good reasoning skills, well, I mean, it's a little bit easier to understand how it happens. But back to the other question, how do you know what you need, a coach or a mentor? Well, here are my thoughts and opinions on how you figure that out. You need a mentor when you're thinking about or already following a certain pathway or reaching for a goal and someone else has more knowledge or experience than you do about what sort of skills or prerequisites you might need to achieve that goal. You need a coach for pretty much everything else. Mentors are allowed and even expected to give advice whenever they see fit, whether it was specifically requested or not. A mentor's advice might be specific, like make sure you take X exam prep course and have so-and-so review your CV because they're really good at finding typos. Or they might give general advice like make sure you schedule time every week that is just for your own wellness and make that time untouchable. Coaches, on the other hand, generally don't give any advice. 
They might give guidance, but they will almost never tell you what to do. And they try their darndest not to coach you unless they have your permission. Coaches won't tell you what you should do, even when you really want them to. But they'll help you unravel your thoughts and find the answers that are already right there in your own brain. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining me again. If you're interested in finding out whether coaching is right for you, go to whitecoatlifecoach.com and schedule your free consult. See you next time. Any opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.